Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Buenos días. Buenos Buen días. día a todos. Aquí estamos en Portland, Oregon. Bienvenidos a Latino Founder Hour. Hoy es marzo 27. No. Viernes. Abril. Ay, perdón, abril, porque siempre me equivoco con las fechas. Oh, feliz viernes 27 Dios de abril. Mío. Ve, y lo puse en marzo. Dios mío. Bueno, pues ya es viernes, obviamente clavo, ahora viene un poco dañada. Y feliz, feliz viernes a todos. Eh, Latino Founder Hour en Startup Radio Network. Sintonícenos todos los viernes a las 11 AM, horario del Pacífico. Hoy les traemos otra historia también eh, de una, una latina excepcional. Eh, yo soy Edgar Navas, el cofundador de Clica. Eh, somos una, una, una empresa de tecnología dedicada a la parte digital, monetización digital de redes. Eh, hoy le damos la bienvenida a Michelle Olvera. Michelle, buenos días. How you doing? Buenos días. Gracias. How is everyone? We're doing Wonderful. Well. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today, Michelle. Uh, and like um, Edgar is saying, uh, it's a wonderful Latina, an inspirational Latina. That. Uh, Gracias. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing this uh, space with us. And uh, I'm really happy because like you actually share the same space. Uh, you have your own podcast. You have, uh, and it's called... Bold Latina. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about what Bold Latina is? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. And I'm honored uh, to be on this uh, podcast live. This is the first time I'm doing a live podcast. So this is really interesting. Um, very proud to be a Latina, Latinx founder. And so uh, my name is Michelle Olvera. I operate to meaningful media ventures with Latinx multicultural sensibilities. One of them is Bold Latina, which I consider my sort of freshman project. And uh, the newest addition to my media family is latinodad.co. When I started uh, boldlatina.com, it was formerly known as superdaily.com, and this was several years ago. Uh, I started it out of my own personal problem. I wasn't finding media that was speaking to me as a U.S. Latina and English-dominant Latina. And I therefore said, you know what, I think I could build something. And I built uh, Super Daily, which is now called BoldLatina.com. And basically, Bold Latina has evolved to become a space for millennial Latinas. And we basically are an editorial platform that allows our audience uh, and our readers to contribute personal stories. We also curate stories, um, write stories on current events, politics. Uh, feminist issues in particular uh, to help our audience make sense of the world today and the future. 
It's exceptional. Michelle, so you're a, f a second generation. What's your um, background? I mean, what's your, your family yeah, came definitely. here from? Uh, Yes, so I am first-generation Boliviana-American, um, and then I am also possibly third- or fourth-generation Mexican-American. So my mother is Boliviana, and my father is Tejano-Mexicano uh, oh, okay. from Cor Corpus Christi, Texas. And so I have this uh, bicultural upbringing. Um, I've been in both worlds quite heavily. I lived in Texas during the summers with my abuelita and my cousins in Corpus Christi, as well as spent time in Bolivia, in Cochabamba, oh. uh, in my mother's native hometown. So I've had this uh, pretty worldly experience and uh, thankful and grateful for it. That's amazing. That's great. So the house of Selena. So you, you must be a fan. Oh, I absolutely am. I mean, she was one of the very first uh, Latinas that I seriously became inspired by. I mean, to see somebody that looks like you on the cover of Time magazine or, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, building bridges between American and, and Latino Mexican culture uh, was something unseen back in my day. And that was like in 1993 or 1991 or something like that. So... Uh, very inspirational, and her legacy lives on. Excellent, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, Michelle, like you mentioned something about, like you said that you were inspired to do this because you had your own problem. You were like wanted to identify with the Latinas that live here in the in the U.S., but there are Latinas mm -hmm. and they're proud of being Latinas. And uh, how how all these like started like. Where do you find, like uh, like you said, you started um, by yourself, and but after that, you're like, okay, I need to take this uh, into in the next and level because I'm inspi yeah. inspiring mm -hmm. other Latinas, and then maybe you're having like uh, people that call you and then, and then told you like good things about it. So, yeah, tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, I talk about my problem, and startup founders, we you're usually going to find a great problem-solution fit if you experience the problem yourself. Um, and this is a problem that I've seen in media in terms of representation of Latinas uh, and women of color. And we did have some pioneering digital platforms and hard copy magazines like Latina Magazine. And there were a number of others that have popped up through the years, but, you know, uh, ended up folding because they couldn't amass or find uh, the right voice for the Latina, a U.S. dominant mm -hmm. or U.S. English dominant Latina in particular. So when I started, um, I was a lonely Latina in corporate America, and I had been seeking um, to get back into a more soulful environment. And it all started on the basis of a Craigslist ad where I reached out and wanting to form a group of Latinas in the financial space. And this was many years ago. And it was from there I started an email newsletter 
that was filled with resources, things to do, and uh, career and work information for Latinas, uh, especially professional Latinas. And then it sort of grew from there. Um, I was becoming an email marketing advocate, and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And I exactly. built this list of over 33,000 today of Latinas that are tapped into what we currently do with Bold Latina. So it's been a slow, organic, mm-hmm. uh, but scalable um, raise in terms of kind of iterating along the way. Listening to your audience is so important. Uh, constantly fielding, you know, for for their for their uh, suggestions and sort of understanding also what are some of the national conversations and what is the current status of Latinas, especially now with millennial Latinas who are more socially justice-minded and want to contribute for a better world. So the growth of Bold Latina has been iterative. It has... uh, I've also been able to apply some methodology from the Lean Startup in terms of audience development and staying close to trends in media in particular. Yes. And finding that right problem-solution fit. Uh, what is What are today's Latinas, especially millennial Latinas, not getting? Mm-hmm. No, you know, no. and, and, and how can we solve that for them? Okay, so I mean, I'm not a millennial. I'm a little bit older, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I want to see. You know, I, I, know I a couple am too. Of con- and and here's what <laughs> here's what I like to say about that. I am not a millennial. I know I look young, and that's the magic of being Latina. Yeah. <laughs> I know you, you guys are deceiving. Yeah, we were looking yeah. at the website. Um, right? I like. Yeah, absolutely. I like to say that I'm millennial-minded. I mean, as a founder, you do need to put yourself in the shoes of your customer, your audience, your client, right? And so that's what I do very well. Definitely. So, um, Michelle, you said that uh, you're inspiring these professional Latinas. And sometimes in in our culture, we often, like, overlook the importance of that, that we haven't, like, like you said, I didn't know I was doing this, but like somebody else, like, let me know, okay, the role that you were taking of aspiring other Latinas, it's, it's, it's a role that became to your life, like, and you started to grow that, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that inspiration awareness that you're bringing into like your Latinas or like the, the people that are looking for something uh, I'm good at, Something, and then this is how I I created. Sometimes we don't know uh, where to go uh, for information. Sometimes you just like sit there and and then be unhappy of our lives, and we don't know what to mm-hmm. do or where to where to go for information. So you created yes. this that has like culture, uh, politics, beauty, and then you talk about different topics all the time. So uh, career Mm -hmm. work, like money, health, entertainment, education. And then uh, the part of the education, I was... I, I was like seeing that you're focusing in their young adults. So that, that's really mm-hmm. amazing. Like you said, I'm not a millennium, but I want them to know mm-hmm. that this exists. 
Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, so when I, again, you know, with Bold Latina, I started out wanting to target professional Latina, but I noticed that our brand was really speaking to a younger subset of the market, and that was the millennial Latinas. There's also something really interesting when you're a founder. You want the company to sort of reflect your values and uh, your ethos in, in terms of your lifestyle. So Bold Latina is a little different than some of the other potentially commercial platforms, digital platforms. We are not advertising-centric. Um, and that has a lot to do with our audience and mm -hmm. how we yes. learned from our audience that they don't like advertising in their face. Nobody does. I mean, these are yeah. <laughs> most, nobody does, right? I mean, the banner ads are gone. Yeah. The pop-ups are gone. You know, um, I can go into, uh, you know, programmatic advertising if you want, but that's just another podcast, right? Yeah. So what we found out was that it's really important to work with brands and collaborate with brands that really understand our audience. And we can definitely work with brands on that education and find creative ways to to boost a product's message. You know, our Latinas are very into discovering themselves, are into uh, going back to the roots in terms of indigenous culture, um, culturally pride, you know, cultural pride, and really doing things that speak to their soul. And so you can't obviously put a car ad, you know, on your platform. Right. Um, what, you know, I think going back to what Claudia was saying, you know, that, um, we're all creators at heart, especially in the Latino community. The thing is that we create, but we don't, we don't know necessarily how to access resources or find advisors and just basically ask for help. I think mm -hmm. that's yeah. the number one yeah. thing in our community is that we don't ask for help. But I think we're coming out of that. I think today it's more um, easier to have a company. The access and the barriers to entry on founding a startup or creating a product, uh, whether it's digital or hard, you know, hardware, is a lot more easier. Um, the thing comes when you have your problem solution fit. And then you have your strategy in terms of marketing. You know, you need to have capital to scale. Correct. And that's the part that Latina business owners are coming across as an obstacle. Um, our business, you know, we're number one in terms of entrepreneurship in the Latino community. Latinas are building businesses at a faster rate. Yes, um, but true. the problem comes when there comes, you know, when it's time for us to raise capital. And so there's a number of, of hurdles there. And, and that could, there's a bit of a list there. Um, I think the number one thing is we don't have confidence sometimes in going after that capital or mm -hmm. that cash infusion. Or the experience. And I can honestly attest mm -hmm. to that. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's not so much experience because you can get trained, you can have mentors, mm-hmm. you can work with advisors on how best to pitch your product. The thing is, um, sometimes we don't believe enough in, in ourselves to do it. And so I think confidence is is possibly the number one barrier. Um, yes. I know that I've experienced that. And I've worked in the financial space quite a bit. I've worked along venture capitalists and I even found my for myself it intimidating to pitch in front of a venture capital associate yes. at the most. Um, so I think it's um, it, there's a couple things. You know, number one, we have to ask for help. You know, mm-hmm. uh, number two, we have to make sure we validate our market and our product. Uh, do enough of what's what I love. You know, because I'm a practitioner practitioner of the lean startup method is understanding the methodologies and the frameworks to build your product, Um, putting organization, you know, into your business idea, using the business model canvas to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, And then getting people that know more than you do on your team. Yes. Uh, uh, This is definitely true because uh, I work for the uh, Hispanic Chamber. I, I work for the mm-hmm. Hispanic Chamber, and I see every day, like, first of all, yes, Latinas are the ones that are, like, coming for help nowadays. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they don't, they're not scared of um, asking for help, and then they sit there. They don't know where to take things. So I sit with them, and I and, and we find out what are the skills, what uh What what are they good for? What are they good at um, doing? Like sometimes they're like, well, I want to open a business, uh, a, a, a restaurant, and but they're good at other things. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, so let's start of what you're good at, and let let's start uh, defining yourself first, and then see if that's where that route. The, that's the route you want to take in the future. So uh, most mm-hmm. of the time, like the first time that I sit with them, like the first hour is identifying their skills, that the ways that, that mm-hmm. they can they can um, build themselves, and then bring uh, mm-hmm. all those things that um, they're they're good for. Like they're good for their lives. They're good for improve for improvement of the the steps that are going to take uh, uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. So yes, yes I, mm-hmm. more than more I than think, like opening a business and say mm-hmm. okay, so let's open a business today. Yes, here's here here are the steps for you to open a business and let's register you. Let's get your license. Like I I can do that because I know that this is not going to be something that it's going to set them up for success. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's it's true. And and I think one of the differences here, Michelle, and, and you, you probably agree. Like, how do we get From the mentality, it's like I'm going to open up my my business and my small small mom and pop, the traditional Latino business. And again, mm-hmm. we're highly entrepreneurial, uh, high, highly motivated, super, you know, extremely hardworking. But how do we mm-hmm. translate that into smart working? It's like, look, there's an, there's a different level. You know, the startup um, mode. It's very mm-hmm. different at the, the the small business mentality. How do we get most of these people mm-hmm. to say like, look, th- that's fantastic. You already have the motivation, but here's a different world. And look, how do we build a scalable, mm-hmm. bigger business yes. that can that, that can transcend the first generation? Yes, I. 
I, I've come across that, you know, where, um, and this is not in any way disrespectful to our Latino community, but sometimes we're not thinking big enough, right? right. So yes. we have a small exactly. business, but we realize that, wow, um, you know, this is, I'm getting, I'm building my business because of maybe two reasons. I think for, for Latinas, most of us uh, are hitting a wall when it comes to corporate America, and we're not getting uh, possibly um, promoted. And so we get tired of that. And then we say, you know what? I actually know enough. I'm an expert, and I have domain experience in what I'm doing. I'm going to be a consultant. Therefore, I run a small business. You know, so that happens a lot with Latinas and women of colors that and this is why there's a huge percentage and we're drivers of entrepreneurship in our Latino community is because we're hitting a wall in corporate America or whatever workplace that we're in. And that entrepreneurship is really a way for financial freedom, but also a way for us to be our authentic selves. Right. So sometimes we think, oh, you know, I'm going to start a small business. Um, but we don't realize that we, if we thought a little bit bigger or if we had somebody to help us think bigger, that this business can actually be a multi-million dollar exactly. and scalable yes. um, type of, of uh, solution for many, many customers, clients, or an audience. Yes. You know, and I think what's happening now, and because I'm still tapped into San Francisco and Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, is the Stanford uh, Latino uh, Business Initiative, I think it's called LBAN, is really understanding Latino entrepreneurship on a data-centric level. So I encourage you and the audience to check that out. They actually are helping numerous small businesses who that are bringing in substantial revenue. I think the, 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 I think the baseline million is 500000 Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. And and helping those uh, small businesses or mid-level businesses scale. Can you repeat? And to find new opportunities and revenue streams. Yes. So I think the the resources are there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our younger generation knows this is an entrepreneurial generation, the millennials and also Generation Y. Um they understand entrepreneurship, they understand hustle, and they are actually more aligned to succeed than my generation is. Um, So I feel optimistic about uh, the next wave of Generation Y and millennials um, understanding how to build businesses faster, even if they're starting out on a very small scale. Yes. Yeah, and ju- ju- just uh, just to recap, it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Latino Business Action Network, and it is businesses with a million mm-hmm. dollars of gross annual revenue or that have raised external yeah. of half a million or more. So yeah, it, it is yeah. a, it is a great program. Um, you know, been in, in, in it for a year now. Um, but yeah. I- and, uh, and then uh, to create the awareness to our young adults that you don't have to mm-hmm. work for a corporation. You don't have to work for somebody else. If you have the idea of like starting your business, do it because there is a lot of information out there. And there's a lot of people and mentorships that mentorship that can help you to uh, get you to 
to, to the first uh, step at least to the first step and then and from there like it to take off and then like you said not to think like oh i'm gonna open my, my small business to think big especially for those that are yes. like were born here and they are growing up here and then have all these mm -hmm. like resources that they mm -hmm. can now, take now, advantage of uh, and i wanted to touch on this michelle uh, on volatina how do you monetize what's your business model uh, i mean if That's you, you a, know whatever you you're, yeah whatever you're comfortable in sharing and not the secret sauce or if you want to give us the secret sauce but how do you monitor because you, you were mentioning that uh, you, you have a yes. different uh, way of communicating with brands, so that that's something different. You know, the pop-ups, the banners, all the you know the traditional media. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think you know, taking my years of experience, um, I've spent probably about close to twenty years of working on the front and back lines at startups, early stage corporations, and also working in the high finance space. So I came to understand how important um, monetizing your startup uh, in the beginning is. Um, and I didn't do that with BoldLatina.com because, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, Bold Latina has become um, something more that I've grown organically. Mm -hmm. um, I had searched for ways to monetize um and I just kept hitting a wall, you know. And, and finally, I spoke to a couple of people and mentors in the media space who said, you know what, advertising is great, but it's mm -hmm. not the only thing that you should be doing. Correct. And yes. then taking cues from other media properties that have been able to scale very quickly with the help of cash infusion or capital, I said, well, that's great. You know, they raised money, but I am hitting a wall there too. Um, and this possibly had something to do with the fact that I didn't monetize um, Bold Latina soon enough or early. And so that was a bit of a failure right then and there. So I didn't mm -hmm. think about monetizing early because guess what? I had such a high respect for my audience I didn't want to push advertising in their face Correct. and scare them away. But, but you know what? That, that, Millennial that also, audience. I, I mean, that, mm -hmm. that can also create a disservice to them because if you fold, or you know, you have a great product. People have to understand that you got to live. I mean, you have to make money somehow. Yeah. And if you have this wonderful yeah, then product and then is, you fold, then it's mm -hmm. like, well, where does she go? Like, how do you, you have to eat? Yeah. We, we, we have to keep the lights on. So how do you keep the lights so on? So it's a careful application of how we're going to monetize off of our audience, right? Mm -hmm. And it's one that I had to, you know, tread lightly because I have such a huge respect and our audience is loyal. You know, we have yeah. um, readers coming back to our pages and, you know, engaging with us on social media that I felt conflicted. Also, my personal values of pushing products that mm -hmm. are harmful to our community was mm -hmm. also, mm -hmm. you know, on the line. So one of the things I noticed is um, on a mass media, you know, you have your bigger media players like New York Times and Wall Street Journal, um, was what were they doing? And I was paying attention to resources, um, 
that we're kind of getting hints that the media space is changing um, and that investors are no longer wanting to invest in media properties that just rely on advertising. It's just not going to work. And so one of the things I started seeing, because we're still a private independent media label, is the power of membership and subscription and how that is actually a, a great model, a recurring model, and a passive model at the same time. And so how we stay afloat is through memberships. Mm-hmm. And we have mm-hmm. an annual membership um, and we launched this on a very experimental level, you know, again, testing the waters and respecting our audience last, late last year in October, November, and we received some wonderful traction there. An indicator that if we were to push this a little bit more, uh, scale it, um, also, and of course, when you have a membership or subscription, you need to have the right structure and foundation under it. We were just staying lean. We were just not really pushing too much of our resources into it. We did utilize and leverage private uh, Facebook group to to kind of uh, collectively uh, put our members together and give them a different type of experience. Yes, that's great. Um, Because they paid into that experience by you know, through supporting us annually. So we recently came to a stop with that. And again, this is all about testing your hypothesis, right? Will my membership flow? What are some of the barriers of entry for Latina millennials who are college educated, but, you know, don't have a lot of money? How much could they really afford? Mm -hmm. And so we tested and surveyed our audience on affordability of membership. Now, you know, we look at New York Times, we look at Wall Street Journal, uh, Financial Times, whatever, like these bigger players, and they're charging like 25 50 you know, they have tier memberships. Could we do something like that for bold Latina? Especially if we emphasize that they're not going to have advertising in their, in their face, that they're going to actually be tapped into a very deep collective uh, group where they can be themselves and voice their opinions. You know, at the same time, this membership, this be our members also serve as um, our, our, what do you call it? Our focus group in a way. Uh, Our customer centric, very audience centric development. Um, We get to spin ideas off of them. We get to sort of do a a kind of like um, surveys with them directly so versus having to send out a mass email, you know, yes. to gather their input. So what are you building right so now? This is it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a community, a community of resources. Definitely. It's a membership driven community. We're member based media. Mm-hmm. And, and this is again, all still fairly new, but we're testing the waters. We're the first, uh, Latina media uh, content place to do this. Um, and we're gonna see if it's gonna fly. Yes, so I, I saw that uh, the it's very affordable, like uh, the membership, mm-hmm. it's uh, like- Yes, a, it's only $15 a year. Exactly. You know, but of and, course, and then you, you know, have, we'll look at 
what the future entails in terms of our pricing strategy. So that's like three pints of beer for the people that <laughs> measures things in beer. <laughs> beer. Um, but but that's, yeah. that, that's very interesting that you say, because, you know, we're, we're also facing the same um, conundrum in our startup. Uh, it's, it's called Clicka. Mm -hmm. We do, yes, we yes, actually I've do. Yes, a chance to check it out. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we, we actually build uh, platforms from, uh, to monetize large networks. And now, you know, we work with a couple of celebrities mm -hmm. and we've been, you know, yes. we started one way, then we, we didn't pivot per se because the, 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 end, the end problem was there. You know, we wanted to help the Hispanic immigrant in the U.S. to send money back from and in a way that it was for free. And it's automated. Mm -hmm. It's completely free. It's um, you know you don't have to go to store. You can use your smartphone. But say, okay, how do we go to mass market? We didn't have the funds. We raised yeah. a little bit of capital just through um, an angel network here in Portland. But you know, obviously, to okay. go to mass market, you need lots of money, which we couldn't get. And we talk, you know, yeah. we mentioned the problem like, well, where yeah. people don't understand the problem. They're like, well, why is this a problem? Because the, you, you're not in that shoe. So mm -hmm. we needed to scale, and the way for us to scale mm -hmm. was to to get to uh, through some celebrities, which it took us a while. But they, yeah. you know, we got through some of them that understood the problem that really. Thought, okay, this is where we can make a difference, and we're going to invest in it. We're going to invest in you. So that's you know that's how it started. Yeah. It started you know growing, and that's been um, you know it's grown at a steady pace. But you know we're attracting other celebrities, and like okay, well we got something going on, and now all of a sudden we have mm -hmm. so much attention in the media that we ourselves mm -hmm. are becoming a media. I mean, much different than than what you do. We're uh, more into the entertainment, goofing off, but like, look, you know, we're goofing off all day, but at the end, we're providing a valuable service and for creating, our community. Creating yeah. awareness in, the, in our yeah, community. So we, we yeah. definitely will talk about this, That's Michelle, great. because we, you know, we should, you know, yeah, this I is the Yeah, I think there's form. a lot of synergy between what you're yeah. doing and what I'm doing. Absolutely. Yeah, so. um, As, as I mentioned, I run two media properties. So boldlatina.com, uh, we just got to monetizing. And this is after years of organic growth and understanding our audience and, you know, our North Star in particular. And so with latinodad.com, I can relate to what you're building, mm -hmm. um, Edgar, because with latinodad.co, again, uh, latinodad is our newest, property and it's a digital platform that celebrates Latino fathers lived experiences, ideas and opinions. And I could be a contributor. Yes. We also <laughs> Yes, and with a you know, with our digital platform and we also uh, last year put on our first Latino Dad Summit, which is an IRL and a real life event. Um, you know, we're learning that um, this is another way to monetize you know your with your brand is to have an event you know and to bring yes. in uh, you know live sponsors events. work yeah live events and uh this was something that investors were not into uh investing in a couple of years Correct. ago but now we're seeing major media brands and social media uh, sort of type of influencer events that are starting to monetize, you know, and mm -hmm. so investors are really starting to see, well, this is just another stream of revenue that is being brought in, you know, yes. and then the fact that we get to work with CPG partners as brand collaborators. Um, and then, you know, to your point about the power of celebrity, 
um, Edgar and bringing in celebrities as influencers and also evangelists to help you grow. That is like the number one way. Yes. If you have no capital, if you have no exactly. marketing dollars to invest in Facebook ads. Um, and that's exactly what we did with Latino Dad is we brought in uh, a top uh, CBS, uh, former CBS uh, celebrity dad who's also a com- com- comedy or a comedian, excuse me, a director and a producer. We also are working with the top Latino father influence, social media influencers out there. Um, they're becoming our, our evangelists. But they're also helping us to form another revenue stream, which is influence, influencer marketing, you know, and then also research and data on Latino fathers. And so, I mean, as a startup founder, you really need to get creative on how you're going to monetize. I know. Even if it's not going to be your main source of, of monetization, you need to build your startup find the problem solution fit and start monetizing right away. I really have come to understand working in San Francisco and being surrounded by Silicon Valley culture that a lot of people build products and they think that they can raise venture capital really quickly. And yes, they may succeed in doing so, but they're not really building businesses. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about building a business. I'm not about having the next trend or anything like that. I don't even, I think long-term and I think of, you know, exit strategy, of course, but I also think about how can I sustain myself and how can I sustain my team, you know? um, Yes. And I think if you have a business first mentality, like rolling revenue back into your company, um, building off of momentum, um, you're going to, you know, somehow have success in that. And then when it comes time to evaluate whether or not you need venture capital, um, some companies don't need it. Um, and that's sort of the thing that I run into, you know, when I meet other Latino founders who may have small businesses, um, they may not need the capital, but it's always great to have cash infusion, you know, and as a backup, yeah. especially during you know, if you have economic uh, hardship or there's an economic slump in the national economy, it's always great to have. Yeah. And but it's also also some about companies uh, don't really need it. Yeah, and you, know? you need to speed. You know, go to market. You know, the the, the ability to just deploy yeah. really quick before others. You know, crowd into into your space. Yes, so and, and something yeah. very very important, I, uh, Michelle, that you mentioned mm-hmm. is that you're growing it organically. Like you are making that connection with your clients now because they they know that who you are. They know your story. What what uh, mm-hmm. who is Michelle Overa? Like who um, uh, they build this uh, bold Latina and then your mission and your vision uh, with them. So mm-hmm. that is a, is a really powerful uh, story to tell your your, your clients, your, audience. your yeah. audience, exactly. Because Yes, I think that's a great point. Um, I always start with my problem. You know, yes. mm-hmm. this is why I built this, because I've experienced this problem. Now, with Latino dad, I'm not a Latino father. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you can tell. No, no soy. <laughs> but I've had, the, I've had the privilege of working along Latino and multicultural men of color who happen to be fathers. Um, I've also, ex- you know, we have uh, issues in our community, right? 
um, in terms of how to raise the next generation without um, machismo being such yes. a center part of our culture? How do we empower the next generation of children to think about equality and gender equality in a way? So the game changers are really fathers. Um, at the root level, the problems that we have in our in our society and uh, in our community come at the at the source, which is at the home. Yeah. You know, so I have to explain that problem to male investors a little bit differently. My angle comes from a place of being having a female perspective on issues as a Latina growing up. You know, and then male investors, they get it because, of course, many of them are fathers. So there's an advantage there. But still, it's sometimes it comes to uh, for us a little too early for them. And that's great. You know, getting investor feedback is always awesome. Hey, Michelle, um, you know, and, and, and on the topic of monetization, we're going to do a little. <laughs> a little ad. Laugh, a little <laughs> ad. That's okay, let's go back to that. I okay, let's go back to that. You? But, you know, <laughs> but you know what? This is amazing because this is a way to give back to our own community because these guys right here, the CPA dudes, are like local, <laughs> are like our Uh, is 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 it a business that is like around us? So we wanted to make sure that uh, we work with them and they work with us too. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about them, yes. the CPA dudes. <laughs> Where accounting is never boring. Never, never. The prices uh, are no based on time. Customers decide the value mm -hmm. to them, and they don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails text messaging or mm -hmm. anything like that. Mm -hmm. So they just get the damn job done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. exactly. So we can find them at uh, cpadude.com slash startup radio. And Porkbun Domains, okay. websites on internet commerce for the rest of us. Don't be a goddamn pig. Porkbun, <laughs> where you can get website domain names for your business or personal brand <laughs> with the lowest prices and amazing free services. Find them at porkbun.com slash forward slash startup radio. But, Michelle, we got about 10 minutes, so we got a lot to cover. I mean, you could spend another th probably three hours, you know, yes. talking. But we wanted to, to, to see also where are you, I mean, where do you see yourself in the future? Where do you see Ball Latina and... Uh, Latino dad coming in the next couple of years. I mean, in, in terms of funding, in terms of goals, mm -hmm. uh, reach, uh, and where do you want to see them position? You know, that's a great question, and I've often thought about that. And usually, as a startup founder, you have 15 or 14 to 18 month strategic plan. And I kind of have that down for both Latina and Latino dad. The goal is to somehow focus just on audience growth right now. Um, we know our target markets for both Latina and Latino dad. We know our numbers. We know the potential. The goal for Latino dad in specific, specifically, because this is my most recent project, and I'm growing this a lot faster than I've grown bold Latina, and this is from lessons learned, is to eventually uh, get raise our first a seed round. Uh, particularly with Latino Dad, we feel the audience is really underserved, undertopped. Um, we're having amazing re a response from brand partners who want to come and be part of our mission. 
Uh, and it's all about growth right now in terms of audience, but also getting that strategic help. And if it comes in the form of capital, I am all for it. With BoldLatina.com, this is a project that I've actually had to kind of put on the sidelines a little bit so that I could focus on Latino dad efforts. Um, BoldLatina.com, I foresee it as an independent media uh, brand, and it'll continue to grow. Um, I sort of stopped looking at the bigger picture for boldlatina.com simply because the Latina marketplace is so saturated and it's really hard to break mm-hmm. through and, and have noise. You know, we've seen through, um, you know, the likes of Latina magazine has hit some problems in terms of um, uh, their venture capital partners. You know, we've seen other women of color media properties run into issues some of them have been uh, celebrated for getting acquired, which is fantastic. Um, I'm not sure if La Bold Latina is on that path anymore, quite frankly. But with Latino Dad, I foresee something huge. I see something that could potentially have a global impact within the Latino community mm-hmm. in the U.S., but also abroad in, in Latam. Absolutely. And you, you know, know what? I'm, so, I... I, I, I I, well, always like my dad. I'm Latino. I'm facing that intercultural. Mm, <laughs> Shout out to the to the to the little people in my life. No little little yes. in, in, in stature, but they're amazing women, <laughs> all of them. But you're absolutely right. I mean, we see a lot of magazines. We see a lot of media for obviously for women, and you know, we can name countless, yeah. countless. But there's there hasn't been one for for men for Latinos. And now you know, with the dad, you know, sharing more uh, more of the job at home. Uh, I think yes. you know, th- th- this is, you know, very, very interesting. It's um, uh, I'm, 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 we're going to be looking at, uh, at your social media presence and engage with it because it's it's something that hasn't been done. You know, there hasn't been a voice for the dad. Yes, that's, mm-hmm. ex- yes. that's exactly the feedback that we've gotten. Um, we are in a precarious place because at the same time we're pioneering. And we may be the first to potentially corner the market of Latino men as fathers mm-hmm. in the U.S. and potentially abroad. But at the same time, we could, you know, sometimes when you scale and you're first to market and your first position to the market, sometimes that puts you in a very vulnerable place as well. Because then others start duplicating and coming right. up or doing what you couldn't do. So mm-hmm. that is something I'm very conscious of. Um, and again, it's about brand building, gaining trust of our mm-hmm. audience. That takes time with Latinos. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, it's nothing that any capital infusion will help solve necessarily. Your brand needs to speak to the heart and soul of yes. your audience, of your customer to your client. But remember, also, once um, you, you have it, the Latinos one of the most, if not the most, loyal audience. I mean, no, there's no power on yes. earth that can move. So once you gain the trust of that audience, and as long as you don't mm-hmm. break it, I mean, that's there forever. So that, And you cannot replicate it uh, with dollars. So there could be another competitor with yes. much more, you know, bigger, bigger treasure chest, but you'll, you know, you have that audience forever. So that's, it's one of the pros and cons. It's true, yes. And then yes, just, definitely. just talking a little bit about the the, the fathers, the, the dads, like it's true, like uh, they 
the fathers and the dads play a huge role in this country because I have a lot of uh, like young Latinas that uh, want to to grow and they want to do things for their fathers because their fathers are like working out there in the fields that they're working in uh, mm -hmm. in these places where like these girls are or like young adults, like guys too, like um, boys are like seeing this and then mm -hmm. uh, they want to be better. Yeah. They want to they want to give back to, to the family, to the dad, to the mom that are um, uh, basically uh, working so hard for them in this country. Yeah. And they have two jobs, yeah. three jobs to be able to, to yeah. um, be able to uh, get uh, Edgar is taking pictures right now. <laughs> so, uh, but we have uh, just a couple of minutes, Mich Michelle. Uh, uh, what can you uh, tell us? Like uh, something that you can leave us um, to the to the young adults, especially um, any ideas, uh, anything that you can um, tell us. And words of wisdom, or you know, a battle cry, like do this. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Battle cry. Yes. Well, uh, I just, I think it's just simple. You know, just get started. I think so much, um, don't overanalyze your business too much in the beginning because you will pivot at some point. You will change. Your initial idea will change. But just get started. Uh, there are resources, much more than there were 10 years ago when I got started out there. Um, you just need to find those innovation hubs. You need to find those technology ecosystems that are building in your city. Get networked in. I think one of the uh, things that has come to the forefront with Latinos, people of color, women, is that we don't have access. We don't have the type of networks that white men do. Um, I think it's important for us to network with each other, exactly. but also get outside of that. Don't be afraid to go to an event, you know, and be the only Latina. Exactly. That is an advantage. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, no, because I I, I, and, and I, yeah, the, the, there are resources and we, I mean, you know, the, there's people out there that are willing to help uh, and extend a hand. And, yes. you know, shout the barriers out to, yeah. to entry are lower now. The barriers to entry of having your own business, having a startup, uh, building a product, especially if you're mm -hmm. non-technical, is there. You know, they're lower now. So there's no excuse. Not as expensive as they used to be. Yeah, no excuses now. No excuses. So no excuses. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, everybody can do it. And like like you said, you know, whether you're not technical, there's help out there. You know, there's a lot of resources yeah. online. You know, within your circle, and it's just a matter of asking. Because we are sometimes we're too proud or hard headed. I said, no, come on, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your little bubble, and ask. Yes, I've, ex I've I've had people, and pardon my French, I've had people kick my ass. Because <laughs> I've been so stubborn and hard-headed and just entirely too independent, you know, which could be a pro and a con, to ask for help. And so, yes, I, I agree with all of that, so, Edgar. Mich yeah, Michelle, um, this is this is amazing. Great, great information. Where can we find you? Like, where can we find you? Yeah, and, 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 and social media. Social where are your media. handles? So, yes. so people can reach out to okay. you. Okay. Twitter is at Michelle emails 
and that's two L's, and that's uh, Michelle Emails on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, I'm not too active on Instagram, ironically, but you can find me on Instagram. Michelle.Orvera20. And uh, you can email me. I always like emails. Uh, Michelle at boldlatina.com. Well, Michelle has or been great. Michelle, oh, at, Michelle at latinodad.co. Perfect. Okay. Michelle has been great. Thank you for coming to the show. It's thank been an you. amazing experience. And thank you so much again for, you know, uh, spending part of your Friday uh, with uh, and Latino And she is in Bolivia right now, right? I am. And I'll be in Miami in a few short weeks. Oh, nice. <laughs> Saludos a todos. Saludos a Bolivia. Saludos a Bolivia. Sí, gracias. Gracias. Un abrazo. Un abrazo. Gracias. Hasta luego. Gracias, Michelle. Coming up next here on Start Radio Network is the Out Entrepreneur with host Rose Perry. Our friend Rose talks to LGBTQ entrepreneurs and founders from all over the world. Stay tuned. Thank you so much and happy Friday, everyone. Feliz happy viernes. Happy Friday. Feliz viernes. Uh, Abril. Abril. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast with your hosts, Edgar Navas, founder of Clica, and Claudia Cardenas. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo, de Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero.